Hello, my name is Josh Volan. I'm a fourth year medical student at uh, Oakland University here. I'll be starting radiology residency after my transitional year, um, all at Emory. Um, today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, chromatin, um, its structure. Uh, we're going to be talking about chromosomes and their structure. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about the organization of a genome. Um, we're going to try to keep this uh, sort of wide open and... Um, yeah, this stuff is confusing, and I think you have to sort of play around with it and work with the terminology a lot to get a good idea of what we're talking about. So I'm going to go slow, but try to just hit high-yield stuff, so this still shouldn't be too long of an episode. So in previous episodes, I talked a little bit about DNA, right? So DNA, um, uh, five-prime phosphate group, three-prime hydroxyl group on that ribose sugar, and then you have a uh, nucleotide, which is what makes it a suspe uh, specific, um, you know, DNA. It's uh, is it a um, you know uh, an A group, a T, a C, or a G for DNA, right? And this runs in the five to three prime direction. And then you know you um, uh, have a um, another DNA uh, group that runs in a five to three prime direction, right? That's bound. Um, uh, just bound to it, just running in the opposite direction, right? And that's what makes up the DNA double helix, right? So um, when this DNA double helix gets tightly wound up, it gets tightly wound using histones. It's wound around histones. And these histones um, can be um, altered either via acetylation or methylation or phosphorylation. And it causes the histone to basically interact with the DNA in a special way that makes it more or less likely to undergo replication and transcription. Um, so again, let me let me just go back. I want to go back a little bit. So we talked about how what you know the way in which DNA um, the the structure. If you lay it out flat like a tape measure, what it would look like, right? You'd have one uh, strand going in the five to three prime direction. And then the other one is uh, uh, basically running in the uh, three to five prime direction if you look right at it. If you wind that up, that tape up around histones, it would then look at, uh, like a, um, basically it'd be a single uh, chromatid, okay? So when you um, replicate that DNA to have basic, when you replicate it, you then have two chromatids, right? But still one chromosome because one chromosome comes from, you know, your mom and another chromosome comes from the dad, right? Male and female chromosomes, um, partners. This is how life is made. So you have two chromosomes for uh, in a diploid cell. You have two chromosomes. And depending on where they're at in the cell cycle, if they've either replicated their DNA or if they haven't replicated their DNA, if they replicate their DNA, they have two chromatids. But those two chromatids are just um, copies of a single chromosome, right? When you're a diploid eukaryote, you have um, a chromosome for mom and dad. So you'll have four chromatids, two chromosomes. But what I want you to understand is that one chromatid is basically um, DNA. It's been unreplicated. Two chromatids is two is one chromosome. It's replications of one chromosome, okay? Two chromatids, okay. Hopefully we are on the same page still. If I've lost you, what I'd recommend is just quickly Googling um, chromas, uh, chromatid versus chromosome. 
and it'll make a lot more sense. But let's get into it, okay? So in a chromatid, right, you have segments of the chromatid that can either be transcribed and replicated that are more likely to be transcribed and replicated than other segments, right? And those segments we refer to as euchromatin, okay? Euchromatin is most likely to be acetylated. The histones are going to be acetylated, which makes the bind between the histone, the bond between the histones, right, and the DNA loose. So it allows primase and polymerases to come in and replicate and um, that DNA and transcribe that DNA. These are in highly organized DNA structures uh, with gene-rich segments, okay? Um, so that's euchromatin. Heterochromatin is most likely to be hypoacetylated, right? The histone groups are going to be hypoacetylated, tightly bound to those DNA segments. They're not going to undergo transcription, not going to be replicable, right? So again, I, I sort of talked about this, but histones uh, can be acetylated or deacetylated via acetyltransferases, but they also can be uh, methylated and phosphorylated. What I want you to know about methylation and phosphorylation is like, depending on where they're at and what they're interacting with, uh, as far as the DNA goes, could either increase or decrease their uh, transcription and replication. So really all you need to remember is that those exist, but really if you see a hyperacetylated region of a histone, that region is going to be replicated and transcribed at high rates. That's gonna be most likely found in the euchromatin um, uh, part of the, um, chromatin structure okay okay so now i want to talk a little bit about um so when we um so when everyone has a different genetic structure we all get different traits from our parents we'll get into um uh genetics later on um, but what I want you to understand is that when parents pass on different genetics that's one way that we have variation in our genome another way is through these things um, which are basically like repetitive copies um, and they're short tandem repeat poly uh, polymorphisms. Um, basically, these are one to six base pair repeats. A base pair, just so you understand what I'm talking about. Um, when, okay, let's see here, because we haven't talked about this yet. But when DNA is transcribed into RNA, right, that RNA has base pair repeats, okay? Uh, not necessarily repeats, but has base pairs. Those base pairs are, um, you know, maybe it's CAG. Maybe it's usually in in three and uh, groups. It's in groups of three. It can be CAG, and they all um, the code. We'll get to this later on, but I just want you to understand that these these three repeats, right? Um, uh, are these three base pairs can later go on to be uh, translated into amino acids, but on your DNA, basically, you'll have these three, these uh, groupings of three that can be on repeats, and they're interspersed in areas of the DNA that are usually heterochromatin because they don't end up being transcribed, right? Because they're hyper repeats. They don't really like, they don't end up making proteins. What they're there for is strictly to increase the variation of the DNA, okay? Um, these can these are usually terms like microsatellites, mini satellites, alpha, alpha satellites, and the only difference between these is how many base pair repeats there are. But what I want you to take from this is that these increase the variation of our genome, right? And these are these this variation is what like so we have like gene rich segments in the euchromatin, which everybody gets, and like the way you should look at that is like 
that's like the parts we see. That's what makes us all like very, that's the part of the genome that's that we see and that's variable. The parts that we don't see that also increases our variation is gonna be found in the heterochromatin. And that's where you're gonna find microsatellites, mini satellites and alpha satellites. Microsatellites have one to six base pair repeats. Mini satellites have 10 to 50 and alpha satellites have 171. The number, if like, maybe you'll get tested on that. Most likely that's like professor written stuff where it's like super low yield. You're not going to see that a ton on like step exams, but just have a general idea of like where you're going to find them, right? You're going to find these repeats in heterochromatin. They increase variability and euchromatin. These are going to be gene rich areas that are hyperacetylated. Okay. Whereas heterochromatin, you're going to have hypoacetylated and you can also methylate and phosphorylate histones in addition to acetylating them. But the way that those methylation phosphorylation affect transcription replication is a lot more unknown. So some other things we'll get into most likely later are uh, dispersed repetitive repeats, which are lines and signs. Basically, these are um, uh, RNA copies that get pasted into the genome. Um, and uh, they, they basically increase transcription that way. This is a little bit more low yield and I don't think that you need to know um, much about it other than the fact that like you can find these in the genome increasing uh, the variability of it. So this was a lot. And I think like, um, again, it can be confusing if this is your first introduction to this. Hopefully it's not, it's just a nice little repeat. Um, but what I would do is I would go on YouTube, I would check out the differences between um, chromosomes and chromatids so you can understand what those are. Um, and basically what we're going to get into next is we, we touched on a little bit of these like base pairs. We're going to talk about transcription and uh, basically how DNA is converted into RNA. And then from there, like how RNA gets read and translated into proteins for later use. We're gonna get into the specifics of transcription. Hopefully it answers some questions for you that um, you're asking yourself uh, during this um, podcast. And I look forward to seeing you guys in the next one. Um, uh, yeah, okay.